Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Friday here on College Football Live, which means we are just three days away from crowning a national champion on Monday in Houston. Will it be Washington or Michigan? It wins its first title since before the BCS era. The Huskies equipment truck in the building at NRG Stadium, Washington. Packed up, looking to take this explosive offense on the road one more time, but they will meet a stout Michigan defense. Final touches on the field as the Huskies and Wolverines both hope Houston is the home of their next national championship. But the big question is, who's taking this home? The college football playoff national championship trophy presented by Dr. Pepper. One of these two teams going to be going home with the big prize. And with that, we welcome you into College Football Live. Sam Macho, Kelsey Riggs here in Bristol. Our final show from Bristol. Tom Luganville apparently doesn't like us very much. You don't want to come hang out for the last show here, Lugs? I mean, what's going on? Invite must have got lost in the mail, folks. That's I don't so know. weird. I blame Amy, our producer. She was supposed <laughs> to send it. Maybe the return address. I don't know what happened. I do know what happened to get us to this point, though. We're so excited about the national championship. And let's show you how these teams got here and set the stage for what we are going to see. And we start with the Wolverines' path to the big game. It started with a self-imposed three-game suspension to open the season due to NCAA recruiting violations. Jim Harbaugh returned only to be suspended a month later by the Big Ten for sign-stealing allegations, causing him to miss the last three regular season games. So, Sharon Moore, he takes over and leads Michigan to a 30-24 win over their Ohio State rivals, beating the Buckeyes for the third consecutive season for the first time since 1997. But Harbaugh comes back to lead the team to a Big Ten championship in the Rose Bowl game where they defeated Nick Saban and Alabama in a thriller, advancing to their first national championship game in the CFB era. Now the team they'll face, the Washington Huskies. The next challenge in this season, quarterback Michael Penix Jr., he picked right up where he left off last season, throwing for over 4,600 passing yards, a school record surpassing his own record from the previous year. So go ahead and one-up himself and then the Huskies. They played a tough Pac-12 schedule, included wins over their rivals, Oregon, who they twice defeated to win the Pac-12 title, going 13-0 for the first time in school history. From there, it was the Sugar Bowl for the Huskies. A thriller with Texas that came down to the final second, but Washington won their 21st consecutive game, and now they look for their first national championship since 1991. So, guys, that's the background and how we got here so far. Been a fun season. But, Lukes, the question now for Monday is, what are you expecting to see in this national championship game? Well, listen, I think that what what you're going to have to do if you're Washington is you're going to have to somehow get Michigan to make mistakes. I think that's what's been so impressive about this Michigan Wolverines football team is not only are they talented, not only are they tough and physical, they don't beat themselves. Look at these numbers here. Plus 17 is a, an anomaly. 
That really doesn't happen. SC was plus 22 a year ago. That doesn't happen. And when you're tied for the fewest penalties in all of college football, you combine that with talent and execution. If you're Washington, you need Michigan to go out and make some mistakes or force Michigan to make some mistakes. And if they do, you've got to capitalize on those mistakes with points because this is one of the cleanest football teams when it comes to execution that we've seen in a long, long time. And I expect Michigan to have a heavy dose of Blake Corum. Blake Corum is one of the best backs in football. They're going to lean on that running game. Why would they do that? Well, that's what they've been all season. But also, we saw Washington give up a lot of rushing yards versus Texas. But it's not just Blake Corum in the run game. It's in the pass game as well. This is their undisputed leader, or maybe you could dispute it, say, J.J. McCarthy, and the offensive line. They got leaders all across <laughs> the board. But he plays hard. He's also a member of the All-State AFCA Good Works team, which means he does great work in his community. He's a baller. That's Michigan. Now, Washington, I expect them to still try to run the ball a bit, but also I expect them to try to air the ball out to their three dominant receivers, Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan, and Roma Dunze. Well, those guys that you just mentioned are X-Factors for sure. Michael Penix Jr., we know what he can do. But let's talk about some of maybe the unsung heroes X-Factors, some of the other guys that you need to keep an eye on in this game that could have a big impact on it. Sam, for you, who's that? Well, it's Braylon Trice. And the reason why is exactly what Luke just said. He said, we need somebody to force turnovers for Michigan. What did Braylon Trice do in the Sugar Bowl? He actually forced two turnovers, had two sacks, and also had over seven pressures. Watch him. 6'4", 274, he's an animal. This is actually right after a Washington touchdown. He runs to the ball, look at that arm, right arm, punches the ball out, forces the fumble, gets Washington the ball back. That steals momentum. Huge play by Braylon Trice, gonna be a top round pick. But then watch this play as well. This is gonna be one of his other plays, pass rush move, he comes up, comes under. He actually ran over the top on a play before, didn't get the sack, gave him a big play, he learned from it. But now watch Braylon Trice again. Remember we talked about taking the ball away? He's going to be one of the furthest guys away from the football, going the opposite way. Watch this. Boom. Cut back. Jaden Blue makes everyone miss. All of a sudden, the ball comes out. There's four guys around the ball. It's under someone's foot. Who's going to find it? Look at that ball. But look at those legs. That's Braylon Trice. That's Braylon Trice running to the football, 6'4", 274, and taking the football from the other team. Braylon Trice is one of the best players in all of college football. Why? Because he takes the ball away. He impacts the game. He gets to the quarterback with sacks, but also with quarterback pressures. I'll tell you, I'm going to go to the other side of the ball. And I am just, I've been waiting every single week for somebody to come up with a way of stopping the intermediate and vertical passing game of the Washington Huskies. I have never, maybe ever, Seen a quarterback like Michael Penix Jr. make low percentage throws look so routine and easy. And I thought Michigan against Alabama, because Alabama, that was a strength for Jalen Milrow throughout the season. I thought they did a really nice job. But Alabama is not Washington in the passing game. And when you look at some of the off-platform platform throws, you look at some of the throws from within the pocket, the anticipatory traits, how decisive Michael Penix Jr. is, you combine the ability to get the ball out so that you can't rush him with the accuracy into tight windows, 20, 30, 40, 50 yards downfield. Nobody's had a recipe to stop it. it. It's been a remarkable run in the passing game. And I think that Michigan's secondaries, headlined by Will Johnson, they're going to be challenged 
with those targets that you mentioned, Sam, and the accuracy of Michael Penix Jr. He's had 504 passing attempts this season, third most in all of FBS. That's equated to 35 touchdowns, which is also tied for the third best. He has been unstoppable this season. But this Michigan defense is going to see what they can do, and they are on their way. They've wrapped up their final practice in Ann Arbor and hitting the road, going to Houston where they hope they will leave with a national championship. You see the buses leaving, you hear the fans, and everybody's sending Michigan off as they look for their first national championship in the BCS or playoff era has been since before then in the 90s that they won one. Now the College Football Playoff Foundation and ESPN are celebrating 10 years of teaming up to support teachers investing over $4 million to date. This year we've partnered on a new postseason initiative, Touchdown for Teachers, where $1,000 is donated to local schools for every touchdown scored during a bowl game. Visit touchdownforteachers.org for more information. Still to come, Joe Fortenbaugh joins us. That's not Joe, but he is as cool as the guys you're seeing there with his prop bets for the big games, who you should put your money on. We've got a next for you on College Football Live. championship Monday on ESPN. That's at 7.30, but we've got you covered championship Monday all day long, starting 10 a.m. with First Take, taking you all the way through the Confetti Celebration Sports Center with SVP. Shows live all day long from Houston as Washington and Michigan go head-to-head, but you might not want to bet against Michigan. Coach Harbaugh got suspended. Once we heard that, our guys uh, took that personally. Chris Jenkins just putting it on Twitter. Brought everyone together. We're not going to leave them out there alone. We're going to join along with them. We're not going to change who we are. This is the way it's going to be. This is how it's going to be handled. What's next? Like, whatever you throw at us, it's not going to affect us. You know, we're going to still be Michigan. We're going to still be a team. Bet. Bet. I bet on Michigan. Those guys have been betting on Michigan all year long, despite all of the other things that have happened, the controversy, missing their head coach for six games, they've continued to deliver. So given everything we've seen this team go through this season and the controversy and still some of the sign-stealing allegations, Luke, how would you view a national championship for Michigan? Well, from a player's perspective, I would view this as being a very healthy locker room, a very healthy foundation and core culture within their building. They've been resilient. Uh, They've been able to block out all the clutter and not get caught up in all the negativity that is surrounding the program. I think it would be a remarkable accomplishment for a group of young people like this to weather this storm, uh, playing almost half of their games without their head coach. Now, as it relates to whether this would be a tainted championship, I don't know if that's a question anybody can answer just yet, because quite honestly, I'm not so sure that we're, we're, we're to the end game yet of this investigation, what all it entails. Are there more details? Will this thing move into January, February, March, into the spring or summer? And then maybe we would view it differently then. But if this is about the team that's on the field that performed, I think it would be a fantastic accomplishment. And let's not forget, guys, it was not that long ago when all we were talking about is Michigan's inability to beat anybody that was ranked in the top 10. And it was not that long ago that this same Michigan team had lost 15 out of 16 versus Ohio State. They couldn't even beat Ohio State. And all of a sudden, they're playing, at least performing, 
for a national championship. I think it would be an outstanding achievement for this Michigan football team. The reason why is this. Number one, they didn't have their head coach for six games. The first three games, okay, cupcakes, I get it. But the last three, that's Penn State. That's Ohio State. Those are tough games you have to play. Then this other conversation was, well, you know, they haven't played anybody, easy strength of schedule, all this and all that. They come out and they dominate Alabama, which was the hottest team in college football. And so for me, a performance like this, being very disciplined, very sound, not overly flashy, strong defense, strong running game, not even crazy in the passing game, a national championship for Michigan for Team 144 will be outstanding and Ex exciting. Especially when you see all that they went through. And, Luke, as you mentioned, what they're able to do without their head coach, this staff, <coughs> it says so much about this team, the locker room, and what they have been able to create there. On the other side, Kelsey, like, yeah, Kelsey, yeah. Uh, a, 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 a golden doodle could have coached the first three games of Michigan's schedule. <laughs> but the last well, yes, three. But, but the last the, three. Yes, golden doodle exactly. could have coached the, the last three. three. Penn State and Ohio State, and he was gone for both of those. <laughs> those guys coached themselves the first three right. games. Just kidding. No disrespect. Of course, the, the other coaches stepped up. Meanwhile, on the other sideline, there is another fantastic coach. He's the two-time coach, uh, Pac-12 Coach of the Year, also the Walter Camp Coach of the Year. Kalen DeBoer, who is just in his second year at Washington, and he's already trying to join this list, looking to be the first coach since Gene Chizik in 2010 to win a national championship in just his second season. So, Sam, given everything that Kalen DeBoer has been able to do there in just two seasons, what would a win mean for Washington? It would mean an exclamation point to what was a magical not just season but also run Washington has won 21 straight games longest current streak in college football he does it with confidence and passion and belief I was on the field after the game during the game on the sideline after the game and I got a chance to talk to Kalen DeBoer and his authenticity is what stood out to me more than anything that's when I met him then you listen to his players some of the seniors talk about him they talk about his love his passion there was a drop fumble uh, a muff pump by number four on the game, Jeremy Bernard. And that could have been a big major shift in that game in the Sugar Bowl. But what I saw when I went back and watched the tape as well is I saw Kalen DeBoer go to the side and hug, put his shoulder on Jeremy Bernard and say, hey, we're still going to need you. I don't know what he said, but it was probably something like that. I saw the <laughs> hug. And so for me, that means that real coaches matter. Like I have friends who coach basketball, friends who coach football, coaches who actually care. Those kind of coaches matter. Not to be all the rah-rah and cuss you out, all those things. I like coaches like Kalen DeBoer. You know, listen, Sam, I think the thing, if we look at this from a long-term view and a, and a broader picture, the timing could not be better for this program, right? So you resurrect the program. You've got every available resource at your disposal. You are in the thick of name, image, and likeness, the transfer portal. You are now playing for a national championship, all right? Going forward... How attractive, just think, how attractive is this job in every facet and most importantly from a recruiting perspective and all of the stars seem to be aligning. So I kind of look at this from a sustainability standpoint. This is a launching point for a program that most coaches, most fans, if you've ever been around the University of Washington, if you've ever been to a game there would say, man, that thing's a gold mine. How come we can't get that thing going? Well, now you've got it going, and the timing of it might keep it going. Well, and a launching point for all that's to come for them as well. Obviously, closing things off in the Pac-12 this year, will they be able to do it with the national championship? We will find out in just three days. It is all going down Monday in Houston, as we cannot wait to see what happens from NRG Stadium. The stage is set. 
championship trophy presented by Dr. Pepper is ready and that stadium full of 72,000 plus going to be rocking as we get set for the national championship. But time to check in now with our sports betting analyst Joe Fortenbaugh. Joe gives us a snippet of what's on your betting card for the Natty on Monday. Sure thing. Let's begin with the total where I'm going to bet over 56 and a half points. This opened at 55 and was bet up for a good reason. We just saw 47 points in the Alabama-Michigan semifinal in a game where Alabama couldn't protect their quarterback. That won't be the case here. Washington's got the best offensive line in the country. I'm expecting a shootout. Now, because I like a lot of points in this game, my prop bets correlate with that handicap. Michigan running back Blake Corum, I like him to score two or more touchdowns in this game. That's priced at plus 140. He's done this in six straight games as well as 10 of his last 13 overall. And I expect the Wolverines to feature a heavy dose of Corum in an effort to keep Penix on the sidelines. Speaking of Penix, I'm betting him to go over 291 and a half passing yards. He just torched Texas for 430 yards. We don't need that here. We just need 67% of that. Something he did in 10 of 14 games this season while averaging 332 passing yards per game. This prop is low because of what Michigan's D-line did to Alabama's offensive line. That won't be the case here as Michael Penix has a big night. Joe, thanks so much. Let's take a look at our Progressive Bowl Cup Challenge. And if Michael Penix Jr. does have a big night, Pac-12 could be adding to this. They're on top now 5-3 and three after picking up wins from Washington and Oregon on New Year's Day. Of course, just that final bowl game remaining coming your way on Monday. Coming your way on the other side of this break, though. Time to make some predictions. Our final show here from Bristol. One more coming your way on Monday. But who do Lukes and Sam have winning it all? That's ahead here on College Football Live. Plus, College Football Playoff National Championship weekend in Houston is going to be the place to be whether your favorite team is in the game or not. Learn about all of the events and festivities planned for the CFP's championship campus at www.collegefootballplayoff.com. Don't miss out on the biggest weekend in college football. Waiting to come out that tunnel is going to hit different. What are you bringing to this team tonight? This is something that you always dreamed of. This is the situations that you dream of when you're a kid in the backyard. It's going to be jitters. We're going to be hair standing up like nothing else. This is it. We're here. Double get all of me, man. Come on, y'all. You hear the crowd, the fans going crazy. Sometimes I hear my dad's voice. For a moment there, it's kind of like you don't hear anything. Anything that I was thinking about before it goes away. I really feel nothing in a whole nother world. Take that last deep breath in that boom, there it is. It's getting ready for war. It's go time. It's go time, which means we're up. We're on our feet. We're ready to go. Let's stand go. Up. Don't stand up, please. You'll be out of your shot. Stay where you are. Let's, um, let's play a little game of would you rather. And I've got some scenarios. It's going to be hard for you guys to pick with the college football playoff on Monday. First one, you only get one. Are you taking Michigan's run game? Are you taking Washington's wide receivers? You go ahead, Sam. I love Washington's wide receivers. As you know, I was at the Sugar Bowl. So I am picking Michigan's run what? game. I'm picking, picking Michigan's run game. The reason why is the way that they played and the way that they've been all season long. They're a dominant running attack, and Washington wasn't great against Texas against the run. Lugs, I'm your Vanna White. What we got? All right, let's go. Michigan run game. This is this is the recipe for Michigan. Shorten and condense the game by maintaining possession of the football and imposing your will. Put Washington in a phone booth and run it right at him. Listen, it's really hard to click against Blake Corum, and those wide receivers are so good, but a lot of things have to happen for them to get the ball against a really good defense. Let's go Michael Penix Jr. or the Michigan defense. Lugs, you go first. 
Michael Penix Jr. for my money. I Listen, I don't know if they're going to be able to stop him entirely. Hopefully they can limit explosive plays. As I said earlier, nobody's come up with a recipe for doing that. I think he will get his. The question is, does it result in points? Can Michigan limit points off of explosive plays? That's a great question, and my answer is going to be the same answer as yours. I'm going to go Michael Penix Jr. as well, and the reason why is this. I understand that Michigan is great against the pass. We, they shut down Alabama's deep balls, but here's the thing. When Michigan played Maryland, there was an opportunity. There were some tight windows. Michael Penix Jr. is great in tight window throws. Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan, Jack Westover, you name it, all those guys, Jeremy Bernard, our playmakers, I'm picking Penix. Okay, let's go one more quickly. Luke, you first. Game on the line, J.J. McCarthy or the Washington defense. What are you taking? I'm going to go Washington defense because I think we've already seen this story. We saw it against Texas. Texas had the ball inside the 12 with 15 seconds left, four consecutive downs. No points against Quinn Ewers. I like this Husky. It's a pesky group on that side of the ball. Give me the pesky J.J. McCarthy. Why? He's got that smiley face on his wrist, right? He plays with joy, with passion. He threw an interception that didn't count first first play of the game last week. Overcame. I think he's going to overcome whatever Washington throws his way. Guys, one more thing before we go. I want to get your final thoughts, predictions on the game. Luke's three days away, but I need the final pick now. Are we taking Washington? Or are we taking Michigan in the national championship? Well, how about this right here for Ooh. you? No! <laughs> Give me the dub. Washington. They're having one of those years. And every time somebody's doubted them, they have shown up, they've come to play, and they've found a way to win. They will scrape and find a way to win on Monday night. He brought that one around. I thought he was going horns down at first, and I was thrown <laughs> off, and then I got it. I see it all the way through now. What you got? Give me team 144 and the Michigan. There's nowhere to point. Michigan. Michigan I don't know. Michigan. I love Washington. I want. I, I, I would love for them to win, but Michigan, run game. Blake Corum, JJ, I like them. College Football Live coming to you live from Houston Monday, 2 o'clock, an hour-long show for everybody here in Bristol behind the scenes. We appreciate you watching this season. We'll see you for one more.